All right, everybody, welcome to the Gathering Podcast. My name's Alex, and I'm the college pastor at the River and at the Gathering. And really, the purpose of this podcast is to sit down with people who are a part of our church or a part of our college ministry and have conversations with them about their walk with Christ, about what it looks like for them to follow Jesus in whatever sphere that looks like, both college students, young adults, people who are maybe not so young adult anymore, but still youngish. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And I have one of those friends here with me today. Um, My friend Paul Stouter uh, is here with us. And Paul um, and I have been friends for a really, really, really long time. Uh, We actually, fun fact, dated our wives at the same time and would take double dates to Taco Bell really late at night because we were really poor and that was the best we could do at the time. Um, But yeah, Paul and I served together in college ministry um, and now in like a huge full circle moment, serve on staff together at the River. And you might be wondering, what is the River? What is the Gathering? Well, the River is our church here in Cookville, Tennessee, and the Gathering is the college ministry that's hosted by the River. And so if you're in the Cookville, Putnam County area, and you're a young adult, 18 to 20-somethings, and you want a cool place to come hang out, this is the place to be, so come check it out. But Paul is with us today. Paul is married to his awesome wife, Mora. They have two kids, Acadia and Canyon. Uh, He serves on staff here at the River with us um, as the Connections Director and Church Planting Resident, which is a mouthful. Uh, But Paul has led in a lot of different areas, a lot of different arenas, from church leadership to college ministry, church planting, Um, Paul and I led as college students in a college ministry. And so what I wanted to bring Paul in to talk about today was what is, what does spiritual leadership look like while you are in college? How can you grow as a leader? How can you develop as a leader? Because I think a lot of people, um, leadership has become somewhat of a buzzword. And so people want to become leaders, but the path to becoming a healthy, godly spiritual leader Sometimes it's a bit convoluted because of how oversaturated the market is when it comes to this conversation. So just wanted to hear from Paul a little bit about what his experience was like and maybe some things we could learn from him. So, Paul, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm excited. This is fun. This is weird. Yeah. I mean, can you <laughs> like, imagine us 10 years ago saying we were going to sit down and do this? I <laughs> I think imagining us both working at the same church, well... Even for backing up more than that, imagine both of us actually convincing women to marry us. Um, yeah. is a so miracle. It is. It's God's still doing miracles, man. Still rolling <laughs> He's stones. Still rolling stones, and our wives are proof of that. Um, yeah, dude. Well, thanks. For, I'm really excited about this, excited to hear what you have to say. I think Paul is someone who uh, has been a good leader for a really long time, but I think you, I've seen you also grow in your leadership and continue to want to grow which is really how I think each of us should be. So let's just start from the beginning. How did you, like if you look back, when and how did you first get involved in leadership? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it's so funny. I, Growing up, I was not, um, I was never any kind of leader. Uh, I was always the, you know, the kid that got picked last for basketball at school and, um, you know, just didn't, um, wasn't super intelligent, wasn't super athletically gifted. I mean, I, I didn't really stand out. And whenever I came to faith and became a Christian, man, it just God began 
doing some things. I, I think you even started before I, I came to faith. I, a lot of the guys I was hanging around with that, that really influenced me eventually coming to faith were were ministry leaders. They were guys who felt called to ministry, uh, you know, vocationally, um, and just you know, pretty pretty good leaders, uh, even in the campus ministry they were a part of. And so, when I came to faith, I I already sort of had a desire to lead. Um, in fact, I was already leading. It's it's really funny. I was I was leading a, a life group for middle school boys at our church, and. So when I came to faith, it was kind of a shock to a lot of people. <laughs> Surprise! Um, yeah, you're teaching students the Bible, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I, d- I didn't realize I wasn't a Christian." Um, and so I think six months after I came to faith, um, I got an opportunity to go on staff at a church as an intern. Um, was there for a few months and really began, you know, kind of dipping my toes into uh, the waters of leadership, um, and. Man, since then, um, you know, I think after that there were opportunities that opened up at the campus ministry they were a part of, uh, started uh, leading worship, uh, leading the worship team, leading our kind of weekly worship gathering that we had, um, was able to see that team grow from one and a half to two people um, to I think when I graduated we had, we had about 13 people on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, became the student president. Got to be that was that was probably the highest level of leadership I'd ever had. We had about a forty, I think forty to forty-five person leadership team, and so I got to kind of oversee, coach um, all those leaders. And so, and ever since then, um, I think from the early stages, it's been God providing opportunities that that I didn't see coming, honestly, mm-hmm. and God opening up doors and and, you know, giving the grace to be able to step into those spaces and lead and see some success and see some failure as well mm-hmm. along the way. So how old were you, the whole experience of teaching, life group, coming to faith? How old were you then? I was 21 when I came to faith. And so all around that time, that's when my leadership journey, I would say, began. I was, I was 20, 21. Yeah, so that's what I think a lot of the the age range that a lot of people who are probably listening to this podcast are in. Mm-hmm. So you were just getting started in leadership. What were some things like you look back on that time and you're like, man, I really learned a lot about this during that phase of leadership. Yeah. Um, I think I was just so um, clueless as to what leadership was. Um, I, you know, at least from a home perspective, I hadn't seen leadership modeled well. Um, I joined the military, uh, at this point. And so I'd seen the military kind of version of leadership, um, which is pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think I was just so kind of clueless mm. that, um, you know, a lot of it was just stepping into these opportunities and, and trying things and seeing some of those things work, seeing some of those things not work. And even like, I think looking back years later and saying, you know what, I, man, I didn't lead well in that situation or in that um, time. You know, there's there's definitely things I would do differently now. Um, but I think that was part of the journey, right? That was part of my development is 
I was, I was in a space where I was allowed to fail as a leader, that it was safe for me to fail. I had a really good mentor uh, mm-hmm. who's still a close friend that, man, he coached me. He, you know, um, he would call me out on things when I was off and he would encourage me when I was doing things well. And so I think that was pivotal of just having those relationships, you know, other leaders that were kind of spurring me on, like um, you, I've, I've always looked up to you as a leader. And so even back then, you know, uh, learning a lot from the other leaders around me. And um, I think it was just, yeah, it was kind of, I had to learn how to walk, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's really, I feel like that's the early part of leadership is just learning how to walk. So how do you, those mistakes that you made, how do you look back on those and learn from them without allowing them to crush your spirit and completely like debilitate you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think, um, and this is still something I wrestle with, you know, I, um, uh, failure for me is, is hard because I, I grew up in a very, um, performance driven home to where, you know, love was earned based on good behavior. Um, and bad behavior brought, brought really negative consequences. And so my filter for understanding failure, um, coming into leadership was pretty, uh, pretty wonky. You know, it's it. It wasn't a gospel-centered um, picture of what leadership is and what it means to lead in the kingdom. And so, you know, I think looking back, I, I I can see that failure is a natural part of leadership. I mean, if you look in Scripture, all of the great leaders fail. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, but I think you see a lot of growth that comes on the other side of failure. That that I I think if we were always successful in leadership. Um, we would actually become really arrogant and and prideful and not dependent. But, you know, I think God allows us to fail to remind us of, man, we are, this is, this isn't, this is something that we're doing in his power. You know, this is something that we're doing um, in a posture of dependence on him. And so, man, I think looking back on those failures now, I can say, you know what, that was dumb. <laughs> that was really dumb. Um but I think there's grace to say, um, you know, even if that was, maybe it was an, there, I think there's some decisions in leadership you make out of a sinful place. There's some decisions you make just out of an unwise place. Um, you know, there's grace to cover the sinful part. Mm-hmm. And I think there's grace to cover the, the lack of wisdom too and understanding that like no leader has it figured out. No leader right. is killing it 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, even leaders who have, you know, I think about guys that I look up to who are, you know, 10, 20 years older than me, they're still failing. Yeah. Well, and I would think, too, um, if you're always, quote unquote, successful in leadership, I don't wonder if you're really taking risk Mm. um, because risk is a necessary component of leadership. And if Mm. you're not leaning into at least some element of risk, then you are just allowing uh, maybe your comfortableness or fear of the unknown to stifle what God could do in your leadership. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, failure is a ne- definitely a necessary part. And like you said, sometimes that failure comes from sin and other times it comes just from taking a wrong step and making a stupid decision. Yeah. And that stuff, it just happens and you, you have to learn from those. But I think, uh, I'm really too, I'm really hard on myself mm-hmm. when I make those kinds of mistakes and recognizing that the same gospel that I teach and preach to other people also applies to me when I fail in leadership. Um, and so it's not that I like cut myself slack 
so to speak, where it's like, oh, it's no big deal. Because when you're leading, it can be a really big deal. Mm-hmm. But that God's grace covers a multitude of sins, including even the biggest of failures in leadership. Think of like David with Bathsheba. Yep. I can't think of a much larger, <laughs> I mean, the dude like literally stole a man's wife, murdered him, got her pregnant. Um, not a great move for sure. Yeah. And, uh, but even God's grace even covered something as gargantuan as that. And so mm-hmm. um, the same grace covers my failures. Well, if someone's listening to this and they want to maybe, maybe they're, they've thought about stepping into a greater role of leadership, whether it's in a small group or at the gathering or somewhere at school, what is something you would want to warn a young leader about that's thinking about stepping into a greater level of influence? What is something you would want to warn them about? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest lesson for me over time has been counting the cost Mm. of leadership. I mean, you really, um, I think leadership looks very attractive on the outside. So if you see a person on stage or, you know, a person with a lot of influence and, you know, maybe they're overseeing a lot of people and you think, man, that's, the kind of public face of leadership looks very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we what you don't see on the surface is how much sacrifice leadership takes. Um, you know, as a leader, you're sacrificing time. There's times where you have to sacrifice relationships um, in the sense that, you know, uh, and God may call you as a leader into another role that takes you away from some really key friendships or even your family, you know, where you have to move far away because that's the cost of leadership. Um, I think of like sacrificing freedom to do things your friends are doing. Um, you know, one aspect of that, if you're in ministry leadership, is just like financial freedom. <laughs> um, but, you know, being a leader, I think, means sometimes you, you know, you're the one getting there early, you're the one staying late, um, you're, you're the one going the extra mile um, because there are people who need to be led and, um, it, it requires sacrifice. You know, I think of, of Jesus has called a discipleship. You know, if anyone wants to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. There was a, um, what he was saying to his original disciples is like, you need to be willing to go as far as dying in the same way that I am mm-hmm. going to die. Um, like that's, that, that is the, um, the limit to which you know, God can call us to sacrifice for, for the gospel. Um, now for many of us, Lord willing, that doesn't happen, but, but I think really counting the cost of, Hey, it's, it's a high calling. And then, you know, I think too, there's a very real enemy that wants to sabotage your leadership. And there are a multitude of ways that he can do that. Yeah. You know? And so I think just being on guard that like, and I've seen leaders, really, really solid leaders, just, man, the enemy gets a foothold in their life, and they get deceived and fall into sin, and, um, and you know, they, they lose the, the privilege of leading. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Man, I was thinking about this question, too, and I think something I would want to maybe just to tag on to what you said about being willing to die to yourself because that is such a good point. And this is uh, two things on this. First is 
What's interesting is in Scripture, the qualifications for leadership are actually no different, with the exception of in 1 Timothy 3 for the qualifications of eldership to being able to teach. Mm-hmm. All the other qualifications are nothing that every Christian should not be emulating themselves. Yep. And so before you ever think about you know, yourself being as a good leader, ask yourself, are you actually following Jesus on your own first um, and walking with him? But then another interesting thing about the warning I guess to a new leader is the motive behind mm. why you're getting into it. Yep. Because if it is to stand up on the platform and kind of be like this center of attention, that is a very hollow and shallow motive yeah. uh, to become a leader. Uh, when I, In one of my seminary classes, they talked about different models of leadership, and it's often touted as the most, the most biblical way is servant leadership. Mm. And my professor was like, yeah, like we definitely see Jesus do this Um, lead through serving, you know, washing the disciples' feet, going to those who are completely socially, like, ostracized and caring for them. We definitely see that. But we actually see an even more sacrificial model of leadership, which is an empowering leader, Mm -hmm. a leader who more than anything wants to see the next generation of leaders raised up and carry on the mission, which requires a lot more sacrifice because it removes you from being the center of attention and the people you're investing in actually becoming the center of attention which requires a complete death of your own ego and self. Yeah, something that Pastor Steve, our, our lead pastor, says here, he's, um, he said, in this season of life, I'm so much more concerned with seeing uh, fruit growing on other people's trees. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I think that that's, you know, you're really hitting at the, I think the essence of leadership is um, how much are you excited to see other people grow mm-hmm. more than like more than yourself, more than you getting, you know, the better job or the, or more responsibility. Are you more excited to see the people that God's given you influence over now grow mm-hmm. and man, maybe surpass you? Yeah. Cause I feel like that's where, that's where you really start to see, I think the biblical picture of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, something else you touched on that I want to circle back to is that leadership, yes, it comes with a cost, but we also have an enemy who does not want to see us succeed in leadership, especially a biblical form of leadership. And so, um, man, I think just right now in the era of church history that we are living in currently, we see in a very public way Christian leaders fail in huge ways and fall in huge ways. And I just want to be clear, I think that's something historically that has existed for all of church history. That's not something new to the 21st century, but it is something that is put on display in a more public way than ever before because of the advent of the internet. Um, So it's just put on display very publicly that Christian leaders have failed in a lot of ways. And I don't think um, any of these leaders started out in ministry with the goal of ending up on like the news for having some sort of like moral failure or stealing money or becoming the preacher known for like flying around in the private jet. Like maybe they did, but I feel like most of the time it's unlikely that they did not start out that way. And that unhealth kind of creeped in as they led. And so just in the time that you have been leading, if someone's going to become a leader, what are ways that they stay healthy while leading? Um, and that's not just for, you know, the guy who's leading a mega church or the person who's on staff at a church. That's for the person who's leading a small group of three or four people 
That's the person who's trying to be a leader in their classes. Um, how, do, how does someone stay healthy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I heard I heard a quote recently, and I, I wish I knew who said it because it is it's gold in term. I, I love a good quote, but it is gold in terms of quotes. Um, competency will get you into the room. Character will keep you in the room. And so, this is a I think this is a lesson that I've learned. I've seen it kind of play out in you know spaces that I've led with other leaders. I mean, you can be really talented as a leader. You can be really, you can be a gifted speaker. You can be a gifted leader. You can be a man, a, a connector. Uh, you can just be really, you know, just um, man, have a have a, a blessing on your life, a, a gifting on your life that you're able to really be impactful. Like when you speak, people listen. Um, that will get you started, but ultimately what's going to keep you there is, is, is character. It's Christ-like character. And so I think, I, I wish I had cared more about that early on in my leadership, hmm. about developing my character than I did thinking that I needed to develop my competency and that that's what, really, that's what it meant to be a leader. Because if you focus on developing your competency first, you think, one, that you need to be the smartest person in the room and that you are the smartest person in the room. <laughs> um, you have no space for other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. You, um, and you're not teachable. Like You mm-hmm. cease to be teachable. And so I think kind of flipping that and saying like, man, how, even if I, maybe I don't have a platform for leadership right now. That's honestly one of the best places to be because you can, you can focus solely on, you know, developing your character. I think a lot of that happens through just the normal rhythms of following Jesus that, you know, man, spending time in the word each day, spending time in prayer, uh, fasting, worship, you know, um, growing in generosity, growing in, you know, just even the character qualities of trying to imitate Christ. Um, you know, being discipled, being mentored, mentoring other people, just these normal rhythms of, of the Christian life and doing those not because you want to get good enough to be a leader, but because you want to faithfully follow Jesus and then be patient to, like, wait for him to provide the opportunities. Um, and so I think that's huge. I think, you know... Um, Man, avoiding isolation, being a biblical community, um, you know, a lot of those are, like I said, just the normal rhythms of being a, a Jesus follower. Um, and then I think in college, um, this is kind of separated from everything else, but I think in college being especially guarded in your dating relationships, um, it's a big point of temptation. Um, and I think a big way that you know, even early on, the enemy can try to disqualify some potential leaders as, you know, there's some, um, this was part of my story. You know, there's just some uh, some mistakes that you can make that can really cost you friendships and it can cost you a lot. And so I think being really guarded, knowing that that, you know, that it's a time in your life where if you're not married, it's going to be a point of temptation, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, and so I think a lot of those things, you know, are good markers for 
that's how you can stay healthy. Don't be isolated. Just faithfully follow follow Jesus, kind of in the normal rhythms of of spiritual disciplines, and and then being guarded on kind of the your physical dating relationships. Yeah. So this is great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, if you zoned out because you were I don't know driving or texting or scrolling through Instagram during that part, scroll back and listen to the last two minutes because um, that's absolute gold, specifically the part on character over competency. Competency is key as a leader. It is important, but um, character is what will make you the leader that someone wants to follow, not your competency. Um, and uh, something that just stuck out to my mind as you were talking about that was um, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Yep. And this is not at all an indictment on Mark Driscoll necessarily. Um, but if you listen to that podcast, Mars Hill was this mega church in Seattle that was planted by a guy named Mark Driscoll and had a super quick rise to fame and popularity and kind of like this weird celebrity Christian, Christian celebrity subculture that we see sometimes. It's just odd. And uh, Mark Driscoll was definitely swept up in that. And it's because he's an incredibly gifted communicator, an incredibly gifted, charismatic leader. Um has an innate ability to market and yeah, all those things. And so his competency was through the roof and maybe some of the character pieces lacked. And it just makes me wonder where would that church be right now if he had had the character way surpassing his competency. Oh. Um, and just for us, for, as because we're still young leaders and the mm -hmm. people listening to this are of really shoring up the character and never allowing your competency to outpace the depth of your character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I was sitting here thinking about this and I, I think in seasons where I've really focused on like, I wish I were a better speaker like that mm -hmm. leader when I was so laser focused on like, how do I be more confident as a leader? Sorry, competent. Um, I'm always comparing myself to other people. Yeah. Whereas if I'm focused on my character, the only person I can compare myself to is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think just as a litmus test for like maybe doing some self-assessment of like, where's my heart in terms of pursuing leadership? Do you find yourself more often comparing and maybe being envious of other people's gifts? Or do you find yourself more often consumed with like, man, how do I, how do I more closely imitate Jesus? Because I, I think that is really, um, you know, I've always said competency can be developed. I mean, you can read books on preaching. You can read books on leadership. You can get around other people that are really gifted and learn some things. Um, but character, man, character has to be cultivated mm -hmm. um, over time. It doesn't come fast. Like, I, there's no shortcut to godly character. Um, whereas, like, you can, you can find a master class on preaching um, and probably come away with some good stuff. But there's, man, there's no shortcut to, to godly character. And so I think really leaning in and, and uh, man, just who am I comparing myself to? If it's other leaders, maybe I need to address that. And, and how am I comparing myself to Jesus? Mm, that's good. Yeah, so um, just something to think about here. So as you, uh, maybe you're 19, 20 years old, and you're like, hey, I really feel like God has given you know, maybe gifted me or called me in some to, in some sort of leadership role, whether that's in the church context or the business world or whatever it might be, 
And you're like, how do like sometimes the path from where you are now to where you think God wants you to lead can appear very convoluted. But I think like what Paul is saying, and I would just echo too, is the thing to focus on now is not so much the steps to become the leader you think you need to be from a competency standpoint, from an opportunity standpoint, and instead to focus much more on developing a deep character. And as you seek the Lord and grow in character with Him, those opportunities will come your direction. Um, I would be more worried if they came your direction before your character is ready to take them on because then um, we would just burn burn out and burn other people with us, um, which is exactly what happened at Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. So um, just to kind of maybe start bringing this thing, wrapping it up a little bit, one thing I want to go back to that you just briefly addressed um, earlier on in the podcast was the importance of being around good Christian leaders. And so you had talked about, even before you came to faith, it's like God and His providence puts you around a group of guys who were really seeking Him and really wanting to be really biblical, Christ, like Christ-centered leaders. And that really influenced how you then would lead, lead even as a new believer. And so I want to address this idea of mentorship. Hmm. How in the world, what in the world even, is a mentor? How do you find a mentor? Like, you know, do you just like walk up to someone who you think is knocking out of the park and be like, hey, will you mentor me for the next year? (laughs) Like, what does that look? I have a lot of thoughts on mentorships, but I just would love to hear kind of your shooting from the hip reaction to it. Man, I, I I wish there was, I wish I had a formula because I, that would have been greatly helpful. Um, I, I think over the course of your leadership, you're going to serve under leaders who they're going to be good leaders. And mm-hmm. I, I think you can always learn something from anybody you're serving under. Um, but you're not always going to have a connection yeah. with, with the leaders that you serve under. There's not always going to be a kind of a, a kinship there. And so, I, you know, I've had several pastors that I've served under that like we were, you know, cordial. We were friends. But there was never that kind of like deep kind of let me invest my life into you relationship. And there have been some leaders that, man, they they have poured out and invested in me. And it wasn't something that I necessarily had to ask for. They were just willing to do it. You know, they saw something in me. And I, I think that's how you tell a good leader, mm-hmm. right, is they're looking, they're open to who put God, who, who God puts in their life. To, to pour into and invest in. And, um, you know, it's not always super formal. Like uh, mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> a week to week, um, hey, let's sit down and really talk about, you know, how I can mentor you. Um, I've, I found it takes place in the context of life, in the context of just normal. So I think two of the, two of the best mentors I've had, um, I, would, I would say three, um, you know, one was our campus minister when we were in college, and he, he and I just served together. We worked really closely together, and there was naturally just a relationship that was formed there. And, um, you know, he became a, a close friend. He, I still, you know, call him for advice every now and then. Um, he, you know, did our, did mine, uh, our, our wedding, um, and he's been a consistent just mentor over the years. Um, I think Pastor Steve has quickly become a mentor for me. 
Uh, we do meet once a week. Um, but it is kind of part of your, your it job. Is, it's though. part of my job, though. Um, but even that, I think the, where I've learned the most from him isn't in those weekly meetings, but it's actually in just being around him. For sure. Uh, being in his vicinity, seeing how he responds to things, seeing how, um, you know, he hears from the Lord and, and leads in the kind of culture that he's created at the church. Um, yeah. Those things have been huge for me. It's, uh, often it's a lot of the indirect sort of, ob- you know, me observing what kind of leader this person is. And then another person I would add that as you, and, and I don't, Aww. I know, I know I'm on your podcast and everything, but um, so I, I, I'm not trying to blow smoke, but, <laughs> but I think, you know, when I, um, there's a lot of areas where, man, you're just so much more gifted than I am. Um, and, I probably come to you at least once a week with a question of like, hey, how would you think about this? How would you look at this? How would you do this? Because I really value your input. And I'm not just done that for like work things because we've only worked together for like three or four months. Um, I've done that for a lot of life things. I've done that for things when I've been in leadership in other places like, hey, this is what's going on. And like you've talked me off some ledges before, you know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think, man, pray. I, that's... Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a mentor, pray that God provides one. Um, sometimes it's going to take a while um, for God to open up that door. And then just surround yourself with good leaders. Like, make it a point to just hang out with, grab coffee, grab lunch, mm-hmm. serve with good leaders. Because um, there's something I've heard about leadership is you want to, if you want to know the kind of person a leader is, look who's around them. Look at the leaders around him. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think what's going to make you a good leader is who the leaders that you just and surround yourself with and, and that God puts around you. That's good. I have a lot of thoughts on everything you just said, <laughs> um, which I have the advantage of getting to write down some notes as you're talking. So um, I really like what you said um, a minute ago where you said it's not always a formal thing. Something I've I've seen in myself and in other people that have been growing in leadership alongside of me is this weird desire to have a very official mentor. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, if I just get this mentor, he's gonna show me the secret juju sauce to be like the greatest Christian leader that's existed since Jesus, and it's gonna be awesome. And newsflash, that just doesn't really exist. Um, and I think some of the best men, quote unquote mentors I've had have been unofficial mentorships. Um, So, yes, I agree with you. Pray that God will send you a couple people that can intentionally invest in you, and you want to seek that out for sure. I'm not at all denying that. But also don't, I would say I just learned for myself not to put those official mentorships like to become this, you know, holy grail of if I get this type of relationship, then it's going to set me apart, and I'm going to like, develop in a way that's unfathomable because I've got this mentorship. At the end of the day, they're just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it might be a couple steps ahead of you, but they're a flawed human being just like you. Yeah. Um, but another thing that a helpful thing I heard someone say one time was it's helpful to have mentors who are near and mentors who are far. Yep. And so these f- quote unquote far mentors could be uh, people you don't even know mm-hmm. personally people that you've never even met, but you benefit a lot from learning in their leadership. 
And so I've got several of those. Um, you know, Craig Rochelle is one of those for oh, me. Yeah. I don't love everything that uh, Life Church does, but when it comes to leadership stuff, he's like almost second to none. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a ton from him. One of my, uh, well, I won't go down that rabbit trail, but he's just awesome. And so he's got a great podcast that uh, he's become somewhat of a far mentor where I'll probably never meet him, and that's okay. Um, but on that note, like, I don't agree with everything Life Church does mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't look at what he is good at yep. and learn from him in that way. Another yep. one is Jocko, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good uh, old Jocko. So, good old Jocko. If you've listened to this, you know, there's an episode a few episodes ago where we talk, <laughs> talked about Jocko a lot and definitely don't agree with everything he does. <laughs> definitely. Um, but some of the principles in his leadership, it's like, even though he's not a believer, those are very helpful. Yeah. And it's like, I can learn from those. Um, but then I've also had mentors who are really near to me. Uh, mentors who some have, who have intentionally invested in me. Some who it's just been by rubbing shoulders with them. I've learned what it looks like to be a leader to my family, a leader in ministry, a leader in with other peers. Um, yeah, so near and far mentors is, is important. But then I would say another thing is when you do get a mentor, if you get a mentor, you will get out of it what you put into it. Mm. And so when it comes to learning from a mentor, it's not like you just go to lunch with them and then they're just going to like download all this information into you like they have somehow stored in the back of their brain and it's going to be this amazing moment and you're now going to unlock the secret sauce of leadership. No, like you need to come prepared. And so um, bring a notebook, write down some questions, and just let them talk um, and just listen and take notes. Um, and that will do a couple things. One is it will make you get more out of it because you're actually going to remember and be proactive about how, what you want to learn from them, but it will also set you apart and they'll want to keep meeting with you because you obviously found value enough in what was happening in that you came prepared, you honored their time, um, and you really listened to what they had to say. Um, and that like listening, preparedness, punctuality those are lost skills in our culture today and will instantly set you apart from a competency standpoint that hopefully then will be backed up by a character standpoint as you serve alongside of them and it'll make like man if i was sitting down if someone asked me to mentor them and i sat down and they like didn't crack a notebook the single time a single time and didn't ask me a single question and wanted just to like shoot the breeze i only have 24 hours in a day and it's like man there's might be other people who want mentorship and uh is this really worth the time to you if you're not going to come prepared at all or just want to shoot the breeze and not talk about anything intentionally? Um, and that might come off as harsh to you if you're listening to this. And sorry if it does, but uh, I only have so many hours in a day. I have a wife and two kids, and you know I think I want to do the things that honors the time that God's given us. Yeah. And in the same way, so if I'm meeting with someone who is a mentor to me at this point in my life, a lot of the mentors that I have, I would say I meet with, on occasion, not with like a weekly consistency. And so it'll, they are not even, a lot of them aren't even in Cookville where we live. And so I'll just shoot one of them a text and say, Hey, can we grab lunch or coffee? And we'll sit down once a quarter and I'll just like pepper them with questions about stuff going on in our ministry here or just in life. And that's super valuable for me. It's good. Uh, so you talking about that when I was in college, I don't know why, but I felt led to sit down with each of the pastors at the church I was at at the time. We had several. 
and do exactly what you said. I came with questions. So I set the meeting. I came with questions um, because I felt like, man, I, I feel like there's something to learn from each of these leaders. Sure. And I think that reminded me of something else is when you are looking at leaders who you want to learn from, realize that leaders aren't, um, I'm trying to think how to say this, not leaders are going to be, different leaders are going to be good at different things. Mm-hmm. And so each of those, when I would sit down with each of these pastors, my questions were different because they focused on what that leader's strengths were. Um, and so, you know, not every leader that you sit down with is going to be killing it in every area. Right. Or they're going to, they're not going to be super gifted in every, every area. Um, and so I think acknowledging like, what are their strengths and maybe what are their weaknesses and how can I glean from that? Like, mm-hmm. how can I learn? Um, cause man, there have been some leaders that I've served with or served under. I learned a lot from their weaknesses. Um, I learned things that I wouldn't do as a leader. Um, which are almost sometimes in my experience, the best lessons. Yeah. Yeah. You can learn a lot from negative experiences. Um, they'll, that those negative experiences will form convictions in you. They're like, and not in a prideful way, but you just, you come to an understanding with, within yourself of like, I'm not going to be that kind of leader. I don't agree with that. Um, and so I think, you know, not putting too much, not putting leaders on too much of a pedestal where you're expecting them. Like you said, they're not perfect people. They're flawed people. And, um, you know, there are areas that, man, I'm gifted in that, you know, some of our other staff members aren't gifted in. There are areas that our other staff members are super, super gifted in that I'm not. Um, and I, but what I do is I, I, I rely on them to be really good at that so that I can be really good at what I do, you know? And so I think in terms of like, as you're on your leadership journey of discovering what kind of leader you are, um, you know, just understand that like, man, you're going to go to some leaders and they're going to be really solid in a certain area and give you great advice in a certain area. Um, and so know how to, when you're, when you're assessing your strengths and weaknesses, know kind of, you know, as you're going to these mentors, what are their strengths and weaknesses? How can I learn from them? How can I, um, be stretched by and challenged by them? Yeah. And as a practical note, I would just say from personal experience, be careful taking advice from leaders about your life who stand to lose if you don't listen to their advice. Mm. Um, so sometimes you might go to someone who's mentored you, but if you don't listen to their advice, it's going to cost them. Their advice could be biased because they are flawed people. So it's helpful to have some of those mentors who it's like they're disconnected from maybe a negative situation you're in so you can talk to them in an unbiased kind of way. Um, well, we're almost out of time, so I just want to round it out with, with this, that we talk about leadership in a very big, almost meta way sometimes in Christian circles, and really I think the world does too. Um, but really every single person is a leader to somebody right now. Maybe you're leading just yourself, um, or you're, you've got a couple of younger siblings that look up to you, or you've got a couple guys in your small group or girls in your small group that you're leading. Those are all leadership moments. Those are all leadership opportunities. And there's no such thing as a small work in the kingdom of God. And so you might think, man, I'm not leading the river like Steve Taboo. So 
you know, my little small fry leadership over here with my small group, why does that matter? Well, the truth is, it matters eternally. In God's economy, there is no such thing as a small work. And so take your leadership seriously. You know, dig deep into your character. Uh, walk closely with the Lord, and I think He's really going to to bless bless you as a leader and um, grow you in a way you might not even have considered before. So, Paul, any last thoughts on leadership before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think um, the thing I always want people to know is, um, I think if you struggle with confidence as a leader, know that man, God's gifted you. If you if you've trusted in Jesus, man, you have spiritual gifts that. Um, are a blessing to the mm-hmm. church, and it takes some time to discover and kind of refine what those are. Um, but man, your your spiritual gifts, your makeup, your you know experiences, your personality—all of those were given to you by God for for His glory and for your good and for the good of others. Mm-hmm. And so, man, lean into those things. Um, know that you do have value. You have you have something to offer in any stage of life and any. Um, you know, whatever your gift mix is, you have something that is incredibly valuable to the kingdom. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, lean in and, and be open to however, you know, uh, God wants to use you. Cool. Paul, thanks so much. If you have any questions or thoughts you want to share, reach out to us, uh, Instagram at the gathering TN. We'd love to connect with you. If this helped you share it with someone else and, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.